I'm Vince Roca. Did he say venti mocha? And sitting in for the wonderful Michael Hutchinson is comedian extraordinaire producer, worldwide sensation, Tom Ayers. Nice. How's it going? Yeah, I feel like there's a crowd of people. I don't have somewhere. a crowd noise yet, and I oh. I should get I should put one. I should okay. download one. I don't. Um, the the closest that I have is. Uh... <laughs> that is uh, Michael's son. As uh, the podcasts haven't been uploaded, so you couldn't you haven't even heard it yet. Uh, his son um, broke his leg or broke his ankle leg ankle in that clip right there. That's him. Yeah, breaking his leg. Oh crying oh please someone help me um and his his leg was like his foot's supposed to be here mm. and it was kind of like that mm. just flopping around over there um so we covered that in a podcast michael had nice. to uh michael was back last week actually oh really yeah uh because he had to take his kid for surgery and last sunday had you not uh flaked out right and on father's day and went and with your mom to the angel game uh, you, we would have had a threesome. I brought in. Oh, really? Mic. It would have been the three of us. But you know, you went and I spent did. time with your mommy. I did. And uh, Michael, Father's Day. Michael came for Father's Day, even though he's a father. Um. Well, so yeah. So no threesome. For, and it was our thirtieth podcast. So oh wow! No, Man, I missed everything. You missed everything. So it was just Michael and I who did that. So this is number right. thirty-one, and that's the story of that sound effect. Uh, Can anyhow, I hear it again. Uh, yeah. This is well. Here. Here's. Here's an extended version of it. No. It's nothing we can do about it, bro. It's oh broken. You're fucked. That was quick uh, assessment on that guy's part. Who that was Michael said there's nothing we can do about no, it. No, no, no. Michael wasn't there. He's Daniel, Michael's son, is in a fraternity. Okay. Uh, and uh, they were drinking. And they have a half pipe at the fraternity, mm-hmm. and there's a furniture dolly nearby. And if that wasn't bad enough, they play or they mm-hmm. they play something called uh, Edward Forty Hands, mm-hmm. uh, like Edward Scissorhands, where they duct tape forty ounce beers to your hands, oh, nice. uh, so you can't use them for anything else until you finish them. Oh. So Daniel had forties uh, duct taped to his hands. No. There was a furniture dolly and a half pipe. And one of his buddies turned and on their something phone. Something bad happened. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> it is weird. Turn on their. Who would have thought? Well, I guess actually the guy with the phone recording because he said as he turned it on, "Dude, this is going to be on Tosh point oh. So we could figure out that things were not going to turn out well. See, I don't watch that. Okay. But you know that it's yeah. yes. No, no. I I've watched it enough to go. I'm not watching that anymore. Uh, uh, so he Daniel comes down the ramp. Mm-hmm. on the dolly and mm-hmm. goes about halfway through the dolly slips out from mm-hmm. him. He collapses literally that quick and just snaps the shit out mm-hmm. of his leg in several places and um, really fucked him up. He uh, he's yeah down for the count for the summer wow. um, gets to wear a cast and has, there there's go. pins and all sorts of stuff and stupidity. Mm-hmm. And then, and he cries like a little bitch, Yeah, you know, um, ah, help, please someone help me, <laughs> which I admitted before that, you know, I'm a puss, and if that happened to me, I would cry madly too. The difference is is I have audio of him doing it, and right. there's no audio of me doing it, so I get to call him a puss all that I want. <laughs> so that's the recap of Daniel, and for everybody else who already knew that story, because right, it was last sorry. week. 
Now Tom's up to date. What's going know. on, man? Um, I just think it's funny that I sat down and I started like emptying my pockets and like I put it on my phone, my glass, and my keys, and, my, and started emptying my pockets like we're going to have sex. That's what You were settling I was, in. I was settling in, but I was going that extra step. I, I was well, like, should I take my pants off? I got to that point and then you? I went, no, See, no, we're not going that far. No. See, the thing for me is, is like I, I took everything out of my pockets a few minutes ago too because I knew that I was going to settle in for at least uh, an hour. Okay. For sex, I don't take things out of my pockets. I'm oh, not, you don't? No, I'm not committing that kind of time. Oh, right. <laughs> that's a that's a commitment. This no. is different. <laughs> this so, is, I mean, I'm impressed with you that you. I was going. You I were going to take off your pants, and you were like making an hour. Com- that's your thought of sex. <laughs> is an hour commitment. And we were going to snuggle and do this. For me, I, I, I've said it before. I, I have practiced many times, and I've become very efficient at it. And it's not my fault if the wife hasn't. Right. So whatever she can, there's plenty of free hours in the day. She can catch up. She can learn how to do it. She can learn. Right. She can, how much traffic when she's in traffic, she has, she has an hour exactly. a day. Well, no, 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 40 minutes. So I could do it like 10 times. <laughs> exactly. Maybe 20. Just depending. Just depends on the picture. Right. And thanks. And thanks to cell phones. <laughs> you can you have different red pictures. Back. Yes. You have, yeah, exactly. By the way, um, uh, last week, I saw all the porn. That exists? It exists. I think I saw it all. I, I mean, I was, I was moving good. I was fast. You know, I was clicking through it fast. I just got... You, you were having uh, a very rapid masturbation was, session? Oh, man, I was... <laughs> it was just in, insanity? I was going to do it all. And I think I, I think I covered most of it. Trying to bring on a another stroke. <laughs> there's of some a couple. Sort? <laughs> there's a couple National Geographic esque types that I missed out on, but oh, for the are, most, I got them all. Those are the best. I, yeah, like, I, I try to save those for. Those life. are like candids. <laughs> like they're you know, they're not really those posing. Are like nipple slip. Oops, they're real. I mean, that's like true amateur <laughs> like, porn picture. Um, so why were you? Why did you go on the jack off journey? <laughs> I have no idea. We were, we were talking about masturbating, and I thought I'd go the extra mile. I don't know. We were talking about, w- weren't we? I don't when know. You, just now or talk. a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> no, just now. About traffic and all that stuff? Oh, gotcha. There you go. I see. You saw all the porn. I just saw it all. I have not. There's a lot of porn. There's a lot more out there. I think so. You're going slow, dude. You got to catch up. Yeah. Well, you know, you get desensitized. <laughs> That's why. Right. So you don't really want to, I mean, you, you really can't indulge in a different fetish each week because right. then you'll, you'll run out of fetishes. <laughs> there are not enough fetishes. There aren't. There needs to be. And there are quite a right. few, but there needs to be more. Or you just have to take it a lot slower. <laughs> Poor kids these days. I've, actually, I've heard women complain that uh, uh, they, well, particularly older women having sex with younger men, mm-hmm. that younger men think that they're supposed to fuck like porn stars. Okay. That that's the way that, you know, sex is. Yeah. And I've met guys who think that uh women want you to pull their hair and slap right. them and, you know, <laughs> um pull the, your dick out of their ass and shove it in their mouth and um all of that sort of stuff, which is bewildering. <laughs> like, you know, cuz I watch Iron Man and I don't have some <laughs> weird view of the world like the avengers are going to show up and protect me so why yeah. watching porn do you it's think that's thing. real sex like watching a cartoon and you see the cartoon character hit <laughs> right. somebody with a hammer and exactly. then you go and hit somebody with a hammer exactly how are you doing that right. it's just because it worked for bugs bunny 
Is Bug Bunny still a cartoon? People, I think so. I don't even know. If, do they make new you know, Bugs Bunny when I, I think I had a pretty healthy um, uh, childhood in the area of sex in that it's like I found out what it did around, you know, 12, 11, 12. That was late? Like, right? Wasn't well, it? Am I, am I thinking too I late? knew what it did at five. At five? Oh, God. I used to yank on it all the time at five. At five? Oh, I didn't man. do it at five, dude. Yeah, five years old, I remember. Uh, you know, I don't know. No, all right. So maybe I was a little late. But, right? At 12, I was catching up to the people that started when they were oh, five. Okay. So you were doing you know, it like eight was, times a day? Yeah. To- but then the thing is, and then I, um, I hooked up, lost my virginity at 15. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. I, was, I think I was 14. And then, well, you started at five. I yeah, I was five. Um, and then, um, you know, like, and I graduated, I had a girlfriend a year, like, you know, we would date for, for two to six months, and then, you know, I'd, I'd be too confused on how to get another girlfriend and, you know, chasing the wrong one and all. Anyway, mm-hmm. I felt pretty healthy, pretty normal. Maybe not healthy isn't the right word, but normal. All right, you yeah, know, it's healthy. Then I come out here, and I, uh, a buddy of mine. What's not healthy about, you know, masturbation? No, I mean. Um, I, I guess if you're going to do it hanging in your closet, that's I mean, unhealthy. No, well, gonna, oh, you mean Michael Hutchinson, Hutchins, Michael Hutchins, Hutchins in excess. Um, you, uh, I don't know. That's I mean, not healthy. I, I think that uh, if if people masturbated several times a day, there'd be a lot happier people. I would think so. So yeah, I mean, I'd have to cut back, but okay. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> so, but no, so now check this out. I come out to L.A. Mm-hmm. and a buddy of mine. He's telling me, and by the way, it's probably not even a bad thing. He's telling me at 15, his friends for his 15th birthday, and this is money, L.A. money, right? Oh, okay. Kid, he's, he's from here. He, yeah, from rich here. Rich kid, okay. Rich kid, rich neighbors, rich neighbors' friends, right? So for his 15th birthday, they bought him two hookers um, and, and bought the night, you know, like 500 apiece, the, uh-huh. the hookers. And we're going to sit with this 15-year-old for the night. You know, is your are you talking about Charlie Sheen? No, but I'm saying like he had a Charlie Sheen upbringing because that's what Charlie did. He stole, did he? yeah, he stole his father's credit cards and bought hookers when he was like 14 years old or something. See, I didn't even know that, but yeah, that, but to me, I'm like, you're fucked. You're fucked. By the way, this same friend at uh, 32 was suicidal. He had all these problems. He was like, you know, they had him on suicide watch and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you were doing two. Jan, and I'm sure they were like hot as hell. The, I mean, I'm I'm assuming for a 15th it doesn't birthday, really matter. It really when you doesn't have matter when it you doesn't. have two of anything, yes. yeah, it doesn't. So two threes make a ten. It at 15 matter. years old, I had one girl it's that like, she was uh, cute. Uh, what is it? It's like uh, the uh, when something is the power of in math. Oh, oh. there's to the, Q, to, the, to, the to the power of X. Yeah, right. whatever the hell it is. So, um, yeah, when you're doing, you could be doing two ones and it's still a 10 because, <laughs> right. yeah, it, just, it goes up exponentially. Yes. Anyway, go on. But um, so in my life at 15, mm-hmm. I had one cute little girlfriend that I was like, come on, just put it in your mouth. Just right. put it in your mouth. I didn't have some chick that was like, you know, right. you that just, was a pro that was going to shut up, honey. I know off. what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and where do you go from there? Where how do you start dating a little girl down the street that's fifteen also, and that you're like, you know, I think she's cute when she wears pigtails. 
Oh, I see. Um, so the bar was really too high for him. I think it fucked him up. Um, I think that would. I mean, look what it did to Charlie Sheen. Not I don't really. think he's not fucked up. I don't think anything. I really don't think anything is wrong with Charlie Sheen. I gotta be honest with you. I I love his angle of winning and all that. Absolutely. Stuff. You're like you're right. His stats are up. Why are we knocking the, him? The day when the shit hit the fan for two and a half men, and Charlie mm-hmm. was in a hotel room with six hookers and seven bricks of cocaine, mm-hmm. and I heard people going, "Oh, that's terrible," yeah. and I was like. What? <laughs> was he shoving it down people's throats? Like, like, what was... The guy is filthy fucking rich. Right. And he's... Yeah, he's it's he's really shallow, and there's so many things missing in his life. Seven bricks... Well, what, what it was is every guy in America was jealous, that motherfucker. I mean... Yeah. But that's also... We're talking about the have same thing. Have you seen Brie Olson? That cruel is... It, that was is one that, of his porn stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, no. you don't know what Brie looks like? No. I mean, I've, I've seen pictures of his girls, but... Uh, Brie, well, Brie was a porn star or is oh, a yeah. porn star. Um, and Brie Olson, famous fucking porn star. Cause she's, I don't know, 20 something and looks like mm. 15. Oh really? Uh, just, oh, and gorgeous 15, like right. 15 year old, uh, made up slut. Yeah. She was in, uh, playboy. Oh yeah. That was the point. Cause I'm not, I, I, we were just talking about porn, but I'm not a huge porn connoisseur. So I actually didn't know who she was until the playboy magazine showed up mm. And uh, which is really late in her fame. And I was like, holy shit, this is who Charlie Sheen's fucking. Well, all I know about like guys being jealous, you're exactly right. Because it's the same thing with um, the sixth grader doing his teacher. Yeah. And she's just hot blonde. And you're like, he's 12. Right. And everybody's upset that she raped him. I'm like, are you kidding? At 12 years old. I mean, if I could get a teacher... If I could get any teacher. If I could get any teacher, my teacher was this Miss little 70-year-old. Miss Latch was like fucking, yeah, 60-some years old. If she was like, come here, I want to touch it. I'd be like, here. oh, would you okay. mind? Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Can you stay during recess? <laughs> okay. Why? Um, can you put Miss, your penis in my mouth? Miss Latch wants to touch Okay. Penis. Yeah, Miss Latch. And Miss Latch was not pretty. I wish I could pull up a picture of her. Um, There's a dog. At my feet. Is Tell you the truth. Paint? I mean, I've been whacking off since I was five years old. If Mr. Kumas, are you kidding me? If Mr. Kumasaki was like, "Take it out, I want to touch it," I would have been like, <laughs> "All right, <laughs> it's just you and me. <laughs> I can keep a secret." Can you? There's some photos of Brie also. Look at that. Oh wow. Oh, she's insanely hot. Yeah. Insanely hot. If you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Hot I mean, women? Look at her bent over right there. Oh wow. This she's is supposed over. to be theater of the mind. So, can yeah. I describe that picture? She's, she's bent she's over. Bent over. Yeah. She's bent over. Anyway, uh, what else? No. What else? So um, then, if, just to cover from two weeks ago, the insurance. Remember the pissed off insurance guy that I was. That I was like. I remember I you were going stand. to marry the girl who ran right. into you. Remember last week I was bitching. I was like, you know, and then then you pay him every month for twenty six years, and then they. Um, oh yes, they, they drop you and yes. they complain, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm my. This car, this last car, was under my, in my mother's name. Uh huh. So they're gonna, so they want to deal with her. They don't even want to deal with me. Right. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, because my mom's gonna cave. And people were setting me up. They were going, you know, you don't have to go with the first offer that they make for for totaling the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. At some point, we went to sell that car last year, mm-hmm. the Eldorado 2000, and it was we we're thinking 4,500. Right. Yeah, right. Right. So. She goes, I said, 
if they lowball you, you got to tell them, no, that car is nice. It's an expensive car. That right. How could you? Right. And I'm like drilling her on it. I went, Mom, okay, ready? I got the phone. And I say, well, they're going to give you $3,500 for it, Mrs. Ayers. What do you say? And she's like, $3,500? No, that's not good. It's good, right? So I'm <laughs> drilling her on it. You're coaching your mom. Coaching her. Right. I said, well, let's try it again. Uh, mom, Mrs. Ayers, we're going to give you 4500 for it. And she's like, no, that's not it's good. I could sell this car tomorrow. What are you kidding me? They right, right. They gave her nine grand. <laughs> okay. She comes like running over. They gave me nine thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, nice. But I had previously had the, the earlier accident. Right. They gave me three. Right. We that talk- makes twelve. Right. I did the math. We talked about this last week. 12. We did the twelve. Yeah, we did the twelve. <laughs> I thought I I thought that happened no, afterwards. Yeah, nine, nine? And, nine and three, twelve in your two accidents. I thought I was bitching because they didn't. I didn't know about the nine. No, no we did. We, no, you knew the nine. <clears throat> Son of a bitch. All right. So anyway, anyway. So then my friend is suicidal because <laughs> he fucks so many women and they're all prostitutes. I don't think that's why he's suicidal. I think he's suicidal probably because he has access to friends who have that kind of money at fourteen years old, and then you turn eighteen to twenty. And particularly for guys, uh, you know, mommy yeah. and daddy stop paying for shit. Yeah. Tell you to go out and get a fucking job. Uh, I think that's it. Like, He's actually come full circle. He's doing better now. Like uh, like Jack Osborne or uh, what's his sister's name? Yeah. The other Osborne. Yeah, she did Papa Don't Preach. Yeah. Um, you know, so she's not a singer. She's not a musician, but right. she did that one song. I mean, she's probably making a few bucks off of that. Sharon, uh, I heard, stopped doing America's Got Talent because of uh, she had to go into rehab. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they were very out or forward about that. Um, but anyway, so what? So you're Jack Osborne. So your father was Ozzy. Yeah. So what do you do? Where That's do you tough. go to work? It what is do you tough, do? yeah. Um, you were on a reality, the Kardashian. But also, dude, there's, <laughs> dude. The, other side, there's the other side of that because um, if your father is a homeless guy, um, that doesn't help you any. It's not like, well, you know, see, we take the the equation and flip it, and sure, it'll work. Sure. You know? Um, uh, somebody once talked about uh, a buddy of mine said there was a survey. And they, uh, they took ten millionaires, self made millionaires, mm-hmm. and they said, "What was it that um, that clicked for you?" And he said, "I grew up in poverty. I I, I wasn't going to have that. I was just going to go out and make my." my fortune you know mm-hmm. and i didn't stop at anything he said i didn't have i didn't have anything i started mm-hmm. with nothing and they're like so now you're married and you have a kid and your son is going to college what um what's your plan for him he's like, well he's gonna have the best of everything he's gonna have a best car he's gonna go to the best college he's gonna you're like well you just said that that's not where you came from I guess they're they're a little upset about whatever it is you just said. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, I really <laughs> maybe they're I mean, angry because you know. we gave them the best of everything. <laughs> maybe I'm just saying. Oh, dude, that little dog is yanking on the big dog's tail. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was yeah. Good. This we need to film this. This needs to be a TV show. <laughs> I have to I have to shave his tail. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Tika. The older one had a stroke. Oh, you don't know that. I he's know. kind of he's a little weird. How long uh, ago? The, on Father's Day. So oh, the geez. day, yeah, uh, he had a, another stroke and hasn't been eating well and moving around, kind of whatever. 
So before the stroke, she would, he's a you know, golden retriever. He's got a bushy tail. Uh, she would bite on his tail and pull on it and he would turn around and bark at her and all his fun and games. At the moment though, we try stopping it because okay. we're trying to not overexert him. Yeah. Uh, he spends most of the day asleep and he kind of, I, I mean, like what, what are her symptoms that you go, Oh, that was a stroke. Uh, no one humans um, what happens but uh back in january uh he was asleep uh got stood up and we were in the theater watching a movie and he stood up he was sleeping under the screen and got up so we watched him and immediately just fell right over no shit well to which i thought that like his leg had fallen asleep or something like that um so you know days went by because we're just figuring at first it's like oh maybe it's a muscle thing maybe it's just that trying to figure out what the fuck's going on um and then finally, when we took him to the vet, we discovered that it was a stroke. Wow. Uh, but he had a, f- a full recovery. Like oh, yeah. three weeks later, um, you couldn't believe that this mm. dog had had a stroke was the way that he was. I mean, we thought we were going to put him down. He was knocking on death's door. It was over. Right. He was just like head tilted and, you know, fucking slobbering and mm. you moping around and fucked up. Wouldn't eat. Uh, but then you just start getting food in him and eventually they kind of come around this morning and ate like three quarters of a chicken breast, which I think might be an angle on his part because last time when the stroke happened again, at first we didn't know it was a stroke. So we're just trying to give him food. He doesn't want to eat. So, okay. He's just not feeling well. A couple of days of that. It's not going to kill him. He doesn't want to eat whatever we all get that way. Um, but then after we took him to the vet, the veterinarian was like, you just get groceries, give him, go to McDonald's and get a hamburger, get him anything that he'll eat. Wow. So we started, uh, making ground beef and feeding him that. I mean, you know, now he's like chicken breasts, mm-hmm. boneless, skinless chicken breasts. Um, so I think it might be an angle just to, you know, get much better food. Uh, I like it. Um, but then after that's we, what I did. So yeah, recently, and we knew we were told by the vet that it was probably going to happen again. Wow. Um, and who knows? And that happened last week. It, yeah, it happened last week. So, uh, he's recovering from that and we'll see. I mean, it's, is, is there, is it a possibility? It'll happen again. Oh yeah. Or, oh really? Oh yeah. And we're only like, I don't know. Is four he minutes, on anything? I mean, I'm minutes. literally on blood thinners all the time. Oh, he's on a ton like, of drugs. Is he? Yeah, he's like gets like seven pills a day oh. or something like that. So at least he's having a good time. My wife is a dog nurse, right. so she's like she prescribes him like yeah, the dog is high. The dog is. <laughs> Just our old dogs, our other dog Spanky. Yeah. Who we put down a few weeks ago? Um, I swear to Deanna kept Spanky alive. That oh, wow. dog died like seven years ago, and, but thanks to the drugs that Deanna was giving him, it was right. still moving around. Um, I mean, the dog, she was, just, you know, like fucking painkillers and like. <laughs> Novocaine since last week. Now, my finger wasn't infected the last time, right? Yeah, it was. It was messed oh, up. Oh, stop But it. we didn't talk about what had happened. It was it just happened. But I didn't, I didn't go into the emergency room and all that stuff. No, I don't think so. That came. The, the, my finger was just starting. Right. Okay. So because I'm on these um, thinners. The, the thinners and, and the heart operation, all that, right. they, people were like, any infection you get, you got to handle it right away. Uh-huh. So like a good little boy, scared little boy, uh-huh. I went to the emergency room because it was going to be the fastest thing. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, he, first of all, 12 hours later, right? he um, sticks lidocaine in it. Mm-hmm. My finger swells up. Mm-hmm. And is numb. Feels like some fat guy's hand. Mm-hmm. And then he does this little procedure, mm-hmm. and he sends me on my way. At when the excuse me, when the numbness wore off, mm-hmm. 
it felt like they cut my arm off. <laughs> Dude, there was like phantom pain, but don't you need something to be missing in order to have a phantom? I mean, it was, I was like other people's arms were hurting me. My whole arm was, I was like in so much pain. I went back to the emergency room. I was like, dude, you got to give me something, man. This pain, I, it was keeping me up. Like not only keeping me up, but keeping my face in this stuck position of what the fuck <laughs> for hours. Anyway, I went back and then they made me sit and wait again as right. if, as if there's a new thing. I went, you know, I was here like two hours ago. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sat through the whole thing again. Eight o'clock in the morning, he gives me a prescription for Vicodin. I went, Vicodin, dude? I went, I need to be put in a coma until this goes away because this fucking hurts. I, I had open heart surgery. This didn't hurt as much as my fucking finger. <laughs> okay. So um, I went and I got my Vicodin. Five 500s or seven 750s? I think it was a 750s. Those are good. Yeah. yeah. They put me out. Yeah, the 500s uh, don't do anything to me. No. I like it's just not enough, uh, and if I take two, I, it's way too much. Yeah, seven fifty is the the borderline for is that I, like, I don't know. It's fucking weird. Like I've when they've prescribed me for knee surgery or whatever, I take a five hundred and I'm just like, oh fuck, I'm still in pain. I don't mm. I don't fall asleep. I don't nothing. Yeah, seven fifty, I'm happy. It's like wow. Yeah, when I was um, recovering from all that, I just wanted a nice. I was trying to wean myself off of it way too right, soon. Right. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I, you know, I can have a problem before I, I try and wean myself off. Mm -hmm. The whole, you know, you're only an alcoholic if you go to the meetings, you know, that nothing. Anyway, but I'm pretty sure like, I've had this conversation with Michael. I'm pretty sure you're an alcoholic. If you drink regularly, if you drink, right. <laughs> yeah. so I, let me, let me become an alcoholic first. Then I'll like freak out and start weaning myself off of it. Off you know? of the Okay. Um, I'm like, I'm still in fucking pain. By the way, like when I was in the hospital and they give you the little thing to push the for pain. Yeah, you, but it only goes so much. Right. Yeah. I was like a fucking monkey. I'm like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, thinking this, you know, help me, help me out. But like a day later, I just stopped using it because I was like, um, I just don't, I just want to get out of here, you know? And they came in like three times to fix the machine. Mm -hmm. It was funny. They were like, something's wrong with your machine. <laughs> you keep breaking the machine. And it, three times later, they went, um, are, is this not working for you? And I went, I haven't touched the button. And they're like, oh, oh, that's why. It's not broken. It's just we, you know. Oh, because you stopped? I just stopped using it. You just stopped. And uh, they kept coming in to fix it. Oh, thinking that, uh, yeah, right on. Yeah. I got a story for you. So, right? <laughs> all right. The little girl that sold me this car, she was cool. She reminded me. I All right. So, I went on Match.com. To find to buy a car? <laughs> no, but the little girl that re she reminded me of the girl that I went on a date with from Match.com. Um, it was a car wreck this date. The Asian girl. The Asian girl. Did I talk about that? You did. God damn it. I don't have any, nothing new in my You have life nothing new to talk about? Nothing, nothing. Nothing's happened. Nothing to talk about? I just went, I, I stayed at the emergency room for 24 hours and I slept for the whole freaking week. It's a Vicodin. Um, I bought a car. Do you? Uh, would you like to answer questions about Scientology? Uh, Scientology. Um, I mean, to me, it's like I'm. First of all, this is exactly the deal with Scientology. I'm a Scientologist, right? Anybody that is a Scientologist that would listen to this, that would go, "Why do you have him speaking for us?" 
it's not like I'm the best Scientologist in the world. And it's not like I'm, I mean, it's not like I, I don't know anything about it, but I'm just not the spokesman for it. I run into a lot of people who uh, bag on Scientology. Yeah. Who will be like, you know, you'll say such and such, I don't know, Tom Cruise or something will come up and they'll just be like, oh God, fucking Scientologist. Yeah. And that, that cracks me up because it's like, if you pull that string and you go, what is it about Scientology? They have no idea. They have no idea. No clue other yeah. than uh, my favorite one that they go to. Now, for the record, I am an atheist. I am not a Scientologist. Mm. Uh, not even close. Uh, but my favorite one that they all go to is, uh, oh, well, it was invented by a science fiction writer. Right. And I go, yeah, that is pretty ridiculous. It's like a carpenter coming up with a religion. Yeah. And it takes them a minute for that to click. <laughs> to go, oh, yeah, Jesus was a carpenter. Like, what the fuck does it matter if this dude you know, wrote science fiction books? Well, he actually... Um, he, he wrote the science fiction. I mean, that's his art. It's like if he, if he was a painter, you know, sure. if he was a photographer, which he was, if he was all these, how come they don't go, well, he was a photographer course, that wrote it. I religion. think his biggest hit you know? was, and I don't even know if this is factual. I have not looked for it, but everybody tells me it's all the time. So it must be true. I mean, it might be one of those things. They say that L. Ron Hubbard once said, if you want to become rich, start a religion. I never heard that, but that is a quote that I hear no. all the time that L. Ron Hubbard said, if you want to be rich, start a religion, you know, also, and I, so he did and he became rich. Okay. If, first of all, I wouldn't go to a place that if that's what the guy's thought process was, it wouldn't keep my interest for 20 years. You know what I mean? I mean, eventually you'd lose my interest. Well, again, does it, Let's say L. Ron Hubbard wanted to uh, create a religion so he could become rich. That's fine. Yeah. But, but let's, just, say, let's say he did. Okay. What does that matter? He still doesn't change. Well, it's belittling every Scientologist in the world. No, 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 no. Because uh, if Billy Mays wanted to create OxyClean so he could become rich, it doesn't diminish what OxyClean does just because Billy Mays did it to become rich. Or that Vince Wow made you know promoted the Snuggie to become rich. The Snuggie still made people warm and happy and cozy. It doesn't fucking matter why someone did something. What kills me are people form all these opinions by apparently bizarre circumstances, by bizarre things that they read. And it's like if you wanted to learn about the Jewish religion, you wouldn't go to a Nazi website. And if you wanted to learn about um, Catholics, you wouldn't go to a, a um, uh, an atheist website. You know what I mean? You would go to a um, uh, devil-worshipping website and they'll talk about Catholics like they're, the, they're evil, right? Right. So it's the same thing. It's like I, everything that I've read on a, on a website that's anti-Scientology is false to me. I wouldn't, keep, I wouldn't call myself a Scientologist if any of that was true. So what I say is, Pick up a book that says Scientology on it from L. Ron Hubbard and read that and make, your, make up your own mind, you know? And unless you do that, you really can't go, oh, you know, he's, into, he's a science fiction writer. There's nothing in Dianetics that has to do with science fiction, nothing. It has to do with human behavior, hmm. which if somebody read and learned, studied human behavior, they could write stories that have to do with humans. Totally. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of things on the internet claiming 
that uh, the quote is, you don't get rich writing science fiction. If you want to get rich, you start a religion. Although I can't actually seem to that, figure out where this quote yeah. is attributed. But so what? But even, I'm, first of all, I doubt he said it. If he did, it was taken out of context. Even if, even if it was in context, he didn't. The guy, how old was the guy when he wrote Dianetics? Dianetics. It was in the 50s, so I don't know. What was that? Dianetics is that old? Yeah, 50. How old was fucking L. Ron Hubbard he when died he died? He died in 80. Really? I guess I guess in the 80s. So, so was, if he died in the he when he 50. was 80, so then he must have been about 40 years old when he wrote Dianetics. 40, 50, yeah, makes sense. So if you if he said this quote when he was 20, so what? But it what I'm really saying matter. is you, would, you hold on a second. You're you're giving into the fact that he said this quote it was said like well, Look, because neither you nor I'm I... I'm going to write a religion and become rich. Ha, ha, ha. And that's not the case. Neither you nor I can uh, concrete 100% say he said it or he didn't say it. Right. You're, so you're, what trying, I'm you're saying leaning is, that he didn't say it. No, what I'm saying is he, if, if he said those words, <clears throat> they were taken out of context to sound really derogatory instead of... Well... I, because I haven't read anything else like that. So... Are you telling me that it's impossible that L. Ron Hubbard said anything derogatory in his entire life? I didn't say that at all. I mean, I'm sure that they, that he said something derogatory, and it, it doesn't necessarily but have do you to think be that, out of context. Do you think that could he, be. this guy that wrote all this incredible stuff, right, mm-hmm. one day got drunk and went, I'm fucking Scientologists are stupid. No, actually, I think this quote was made way before the word Scientology existed, or maybe even so. You're the saying word. because because as I understand it, Dianetics was not written to be a religion. He just wrote Dianetics, um, and then it became the basis of Scientology. It wasn't like, as I understand it, it wasn't like he was like, I'm going to create a religion, and the path to that is first writing the New York Times bestseller. I think he wrote science fiction books and then decided to branch off and wrote this sort of self-help look at the world Dianetics book. And then it was, it, as it always is, even with Christianity and the Bible, it was people who were like, this shit is fucking awesome. This is great. We could, you know what we should do? We should get a building and bring a bunch of people who like this stuff together and talk about this stuff. And it became what it is. So, I, I don't you know I don't fault I the mean, dude if that if he did say I that mean, at some point. To, to be I'm honest, pretty sure Jesus said some nasty shit at one point or another. You know what? To he be was, honest with you, I don't team. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Jesus said about Catholicism, <laughs> and I and I don't know what he said. I well, Jesus trip, actually didn't say anything about Catholicism because Jesus was a Jew and died before. <laughs> Should happen, really. I like I said, I am not. The, I mean, that shit came about child. because of his death. I'm not the poster child for Scientology, um, right? I, um, like I said, there's somebody else that's better equipped but to you have this conversation. Are the most knowledgeable person in the room. That's Scientology. right. So you are our resident Scientologist. <laughs> nice. You are the uh, you are our authority on Scientology. Nice. It's based on science fiction. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, what is what is the the mothership, uh, Zena, Zena, something Z- like that. Zena is the the mean god. Zenu, 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 or something like that. I'm, I'm the planet of Zenu. It really cracks me up because I don't know anything about that. And the here's two reasons I don't know anything about that. One, every time I start to read something about that, it's so bizarre. 
that it doesn't make sense, so I stop reading it. So you're not a fan of L. Ron Scientology or L. Ron science fiction work? Did he write about Xenu? Yeah, Xenu is. I don't think so. I think that's. I don't, I don't want to do this. You're like looking up Xenu stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just because it's like, to me, I feel like that whole side of it. It's it's like here. No, look what the Nazis say about uh, about. Uh, look what the KKK says about the black people. Look, no, look what they say. That's look, excellent. they say they have horns, and black people are going. I don't have horns. I don't have horns. And they, but look, look at what the founder says about you know about the horns on black people. I'm like, oh my God, are we really going to go over that? To me, this is why I say I'm not the best to do it because I'll, I'll sit here and I'll go, oh wow, Zeno did that? That's cool. That's great. I went over there and I learned, I, I learned about administrating your career and about having goals right. and purposes Absolutely. and strategy and, and all that stuff. I go over there and I learn about communication and human behavior in that tone levels and tone skills and anger and like that kind of like anger. That kind of anger. That dog is going through some stuff. Hey. Ooh. Nice, Vince. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like all that kind of stuff. And then when like Xenu comes into it, I go, I don't even know what land we're in right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't I actually don't, don't know much it. about it. It's something else that other people I know have Battlefield said Earth sucked. It was a bad movie. I was terrible. If anything, if somebody said to you, wait a minute, you follow the the words of somebody who wrote Battlefield Earth, I'd be like, okay, maybe that's now I feel stupid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that movie, that book is a great book. It's mm-hmm. just not made into a movie. They tried to hang on to that fifties esque the way it was written. Mm-hmm. This is my personal opinion of what happened. And there are better people than me that tried, that tried to make it work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but they hung on to that that science fiction fifties. You remember back then when um, they were writing mm-hmm. all these crazy Attack science fiction. Back of the fifty foot woman. Yeah, like that that, yeah, yeah. that stuff. And they tried to hang on to as much of that, like you would do a comic strip, mm-hmm. like you do Superman or or you know. I wa- I saw Battlefield Earth before I had any. I mean, I had heard the word Scientology, and I knew that Tom Cruise was a Scientologist. But that was the extent of it. I have I knew nothing about it, nor did I have a, did, did I care? Did I have an opinion colored one way or another? Um, you could have just said, uh, you know, it's Buddhism, it's or any other religion that I don't know anything about or don't give a shit about. Um, and I watched Battlefield Earth, and I just remember thinking how terrible of a movie it was. It had nothing to do with. I certainly didn't sit there and go. Oh, they're trying to connect this to some sort of religious, like these people are trying this propaganda or bullshit or whatever. Uh, it was just a bad movie. Yeah. Um, recently, a few weeks ago, After Earth came out, uh, made by Will Smith, a pet project. And uh, people have analyzed and said that it had uh, Scientologist uh, meanings in it or some shit like that. Although some other people are like, well, you know, I mean, I guess oh, Battlefield you, Earth? No, no, no. After oh, Earth. After. This, oh, really? Yeah, this uh, Will Smith movie. Yeah. With him and Jada, Jaden. Yeah. Um, who was, I, I, as far as I understand, uh, Will Smith is producing it, and they had a uh, open casting call to find the best kid that could possibly exist really? to be in the movie, uh, and it turned out to be the one that he lives with. It's just That's great. Insanely amazing. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about that. And that goes but. to your... Uh, um, 
story of millionaires and how they give their kids everything under the sun. Well, yeah, Jaden is, uh, I don't think, going to grow up with that you know, desire to you know, become a billionaire. I want to come back to that because that was part of what I was talking about before. So remind me about that, about Jaden's son. Okay, but, but anyway, yeah, but right. after Earth, right? So after Earth had kind of gotten some flack about being a, a Scientologist, whatever vehicle, um, I did. It did horrible at the box office, and I didn't go see it. And I was interested in seeing it mm-hmm. until Thursday before it was released. I got an email from AMC saying uh, pre-buy tickets to M Night Shyamalan's After Earth. And that was the moment where I was like, I'm not watching that because mm. M. Night Shyamalan is a fucking piece of shit. And his name is kept off of the headlines of that poster and was buried like Ooh, Matt. I don't know. M. Night Shyamalan did uh, The Sixth Sense and um, oh, really? uh, Signs and a whole mm. bunch of other really Lady in the Water. Um, mm. Everything the guy has ever done. People loved The Sixth Sense. I thought it was shit. Yeah. I didn't. I, you remember well, if. if if you don't wait for the hook, if you get the hook early, you can't watch I, that movie. And I got the hook. Yeah. It was six minutes was, in when Bruce Willis sits down to have dinner with his wife. And you went, he's dead. He didn't move his chair. The go. chair was already, it was a really nice restaurant. And the chair was pulled away from the table and at a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. So the chair wouldn't have to be moved. And so I you're thought, a cocksucker. That's what the problem is because you are like, you're the guy, when I'm making a movie, I go, there's some motherfucker and it's going to go, no, the chair was set different. And the chair wouldn't be that right. way in a really nice right. restaurant. Yeah, you're now, that guy. Now one could say that he had gotten up, went to the bathroom and just returned. But that was the moment where I was like, oh, he doesn't interact with anything in his world. He's dead. Yeah. And then I started paying attention to that. And then as I was continuing to watch, I was like, wait a minute. How did he break that glass if he's not supposed to interact with anything? How did he turn that doorknob right. if he's not? So now you're breaking the rules right. that you set up. Now, meanwhile, at about the same time or, or just a few years before, I had seen The Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. And it took me a few minutes before I was like, that's Kaiser Soze. Uh, did knew, you? I did knew who Soze was almost immediately. And Deanna was yeah, floored. Yeah, I hate you. Because Deanna had watched The Usual Suspects without me. I didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. It looked like some fucking piece of shit action film. And I was like, no, nah, I'll, I'll pass. Um, but then her and a friend, another friend of mine, Sam, were like, oh, my God, you have to see this. This is the greatest fucking movie ever. So I sat watching. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what it's about. And I had no clue. And a few minutes in, I'm like, well, that's Kaiser Soze. And they were both pissed off. Continued watching the movie doesn't fall apart, even right, though you right. know who Kaiser Soze is. Right. And I've watched it several times since then, still fucking amazingly holds up. Yeah. So that's the difference. Just because I got it, M. Night fucked up. Because I didn't get um, Sixth Sense, and like my father didn't get it. I'm sorry. I didn't get it, and then I brought it to my parents, and I was like, oh, yeah, you guys are like this. You know, it was one of those renting. Mm-hmm. And my father, who is usually more like you in that area, you know, like picks it out. I guess about halfway through the movie, I thought I heard my mother say something like, well, I know what's going on, you know, like in six minutes in. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through the movie, she was like, um, she said, well, he's dead. She goes, I knew that six minutes in. She's mm-hmm. like, you guys didn't get that at all. And my father was like, huh? What are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> and that's the way I was when I watched it. I didn't, I didn't know. But from that moment on, halfway through, the movie was terrible. It's terrible, yeah. And- and my watching it again, I went, why did I like this movie? This, it doesn't work. 
mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's terrible. It works if you that. don't know. Right. And then you learn at the end and you go, oh, the twist made it work. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you're right. Um, usual suspects, you can, you can watch it again and go, oh, look at this. Look right. at how this fits. So I agree with you. Um, so after Earth, I didn't, I wouldn't go see because it was M Night and just everything else that M Night's done, I've hated for the exception of Unbreakable was okay and Signs was his best work, but yeah, it was you know, and he's just made a lot of. So my take is then. when you you have um, Will Smith and his son, mm-hmm. and you have um, Gwyneth Paltrow and her mom, and okay, and I mean right across the board, Charlie Sheen, you know. These kids, when you think about it, every acting class that I'm ever, I'm ever in, and you watch, you talk to an actor, that actor needs permission to to cross this permission thing to go. No, this is my role. This is who I am. This is the character that I've given. Either they're looking for the permission, or they've already given themselves that permission. And every kid whose parent was an actor. They know to give themselves that permission because they watch their mother on screen. I went to go, I started doing stand up comedy because my father was a stand up and I gave myself the permission to do it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know other comics that weren't given the permission and they got up and they, they had to come up with it themselves. Right. Which that blows me away. And those are the people I bow down to. I go, man, how, if my father didn't do it, I wouldn't have done it. Right. And to watch Charlie Sheen. And you think about he and his brother, Emilio, playing with trucks in their living room mm-hmm. while the father's on the phone talking to his agent, you okay. know, and there and the some movies on with his father in it. And the, it's like, that's what they grow up with, with the idea that, yeah, I mean, one day I'll do that, you know, that I'm going to do what my dad does. Right. You know? Right. So they give it to themselves, which is, I think, 90% of it, you know? Well, that even goes back to what you were saying about um, the richest people and their kids getting everything. Uh, their kids somehow assume that I'm just going to do what dad does. Right. I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to run Walmart or be a right. billionaire or whatever. Which, speaking actually of Walmart's particular case, the kids are like, we want to sell it. We don't want anything nice. to fucking new with it. We just want the money. Um and I totally get that. I mean, just because my parents ran Walmart doesn't fucking mean that, you know, I want to. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think in, in Jaden's case, and the weird thing about, like, I like Will Smith. I yeah. like watching Will Smith's movies. I saw The Karate Kid. I do not hate Jaden. I like watching Jaden. Yeah. But I find it weird that Jaden is the world's most amazing actor, but the only roles that he can get are in movies that are produced by Will Smith or starring Will Smith. I think I think he needs to get established a little bit more. And then, Charlie Sheen you know. did not. Charlie Sheen or Emilio Estevez got careers because of their parents' connections. Right. I was yeah, but they didn't get a career because Dad bought them the movie. Right. Right. <laughs> Which just seems. Such, it's such a direct, like, just shitty thing. Like, if I look around, we look, growing up, we look around at our friends and, you know, you, everybody had a friend whose dad bought him the cool fucking Camaro or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's, you know, it's who his daddy is. But, and you sort of resented that. But on the other side, 
we all had a friend who's like we had to go well you you were your dad was a comic but um we had to go to work you know fucking carrying out groceries because our dad worked at a, a grocery store so that's what we did when we were 15 years old or whatever to learn to work and we envied the guy whose father was a lawyer and that fucker got to work in right. uh an air conditioned place but if he didn't we were like, what are you, a fucking moron? Your father's a lawyer. Go to work there. You, you've got it made. Right. Don't be a dumb shit like me. Fucking become something. Well, look, this, I mean, as far as Will buying his kid a movie, um, it's just really levels of that. I mean, um, uh, Frank Zappa's kid, you know, um, uh, Dweezil. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It, um, it's like they, Dweezil and his daughter, Moon Unit, which I just, Mm-hmm. They just popped in the head because I'm just like somebody who is a father to what do I do with my kids? And and they're both musicians and they ended up on MTV as VJs. And, you know, it's like mm-hmm. Frank Zappa's kid. Right. Um, and yes, it's like um, uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, these people, they their their parents can walk them to the, the front door. They have to walk through the door. Right. My father... When I got up, I did. I got up and did stand up. I did my father's act, word for word. I I threw up backstage before they introduced me. How old were you? I was eighteen. Eighteen years old. What was, comedy club? I was in a rock. I was in a rock band. Okay. Because I was trying to be Bon Jovi, and my father said, "You look really nervous up there. You should try and you should just do stand up just to get comfortable in front of crowds." Wait a minute. Before you were going to perform rock music, or- I was playing. I was playing in a band. I was and so bass. this was he was like playing in a band. That's what your main goal is. That's right. But you should you should do comedy to get to get comfortable, comfortable. playing in a band. Okay, right. I just want to make sure yeah. you didn't open your comedy routine. Didn't open for your band. Oh no, 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 no. no it right. was it so was just to get relaxed in front of. Right? You're 18 years old. 18 years old. I your do father, his act. Your father's giving you this advice, and what's the club? Club is Treehouse Comedy Club. And I knew you would know it. Oh, Treehouse yeah. Comedy Club, where? Oh, yeah. In Westport, Connecticut. Is it still there? No, it's it has defunct and it it became three or more clubs over the years, mm-hmm. and then um, now he's like in um, he's at the the casino up there in Foxwoods. Um, oh, okay. So did you had you ever after your had you been back to perform there? Yeah. Many years later. Yeah. So that must have been cool. Yeah, very cool. All right. So Matter of fact, I went after my um, my surgery. Oh, really? They were open that, I, that. And I was just going to see a friend, and he was like, "You want to go up?" And I went, "I do," because I just wanted to go. Actually, I walked in, and I hadn't been there in probably fifteen, eighteen years. Uh huh. And the girl that worked with him, that was like the door girl when she was sixteen or whatever. She was. She's working with him now. Uh huh. And. At, she just happened to be working the door. She was like, you know, sitting in for the door guy. Uh-huh. And I walked up and I was like, oh my God. And she's like, $10. <laughs> and I was like, no. I said, I'm, I'm a comedian. And she's like, oh, this fucking asshole is going to give me shit. And I was like, Hannah? And she's like, how do, you, how do you know my name? And I was like, you don't remember me at all. And she's like, should I? And then my buddy came up behind her and said, picture him with really long hair and a banjo. <laughs> and she jumped on me. She was like, and I'm like, ow, 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 ow. So they put me on stage and mm-hmm. I showed people my scar. I mean, oh. this is like, this was new. It was brand new. Wow. And I showed people my scar and the little woman in the front got really bummed out. 
<laughs> I was like, I lifted up my shirt and I was like, because I had had a previous operation that the, there was a scar a little lower. Okay. So it's like, I got, I'm a zipper club, but right. I'm like You're all, all the way down. I, right. And I was joking around that it goes down and around my crotch and up the other side, uh-huh. you know? And the lady just got so bummed out in the front row. She's like, oh, my God. So you're 18 years old. You do your father's act. Do my father's act. So fucking nervous. And I'm not even, I'm like hovering the stage and I'm doing all his timing and his delivery. Right. You want to hear one of them? Yeah. Okay. How does it open? Dead can you hear? Air. No. Can you, can you hear my heart? No. Okay. I just, cause it was so dead air. I heard my heart clicking away. <laughs> um, I don't remember how I opened All right, so but, just give me Okay, so right, here's one of the, the bits. Famous quotes of famous people in news, radio, and television. One uh-huh. of the teachers currently involved in the Board of Education conflict. I say strike until conditions gets more better. Board of Education explains how to keep pornography out of the hands of teenagers. Put it in the textbooks. They'll never find it there. Um, <laughs> dude, this is old school, right? So then at the time, it was uh, and the president of the United States. I think it was Reagan at the time. Um, being asked the most important question of his career, Mr. Um, President Reagan, why are fire engines red? Right? And, uh, well, and I did my impression back then. Fire engines are red because fire engines have four wheels and a crew of eight. Four and eight are 12. 12 inches make a ruler. Queen Elizabeth is a ruler. The Queen Elizabeth is a large ocean-going vessel. The ocean is full of fishies. Fishies have fins. The fins are always being pushed around by the Russians. Russians are red. Fire engines are always Russian. And that's why fire engines are red. Okay, so right? So now I memorized that as if it was a prayer because I'd heard it since I was an infant. Uh-huh. So I didn't even get, I didn't even get, I think like when I was 18, I had been doing his act for maybe three months when I went, fire engines are always Russian. That's fucking funny. I'm like, they're rushing around. They're like rushing around. That's what he means. Right. I'm like learning these jokes. Cause I learned, right. You know, like it meant nothing. It was just vowels and consonants. Yeah. I think everybody has, everybody can relate to that in yeah. that we watch movies like animal house or Porky's and there are jokes in there that we didn't get as kids. Right. And now we're like, Oh, I totally like, get oh why God. this is funny. Right. Yeah. So, so I did, with but his, in your case, yeah, you were just reciting, and, and I'm I doing guess it with, with his timing, with his delivery, as, as far as religion goes, there's probably well, I know there's tons of people who recite all sorts of prayers yeah. as kids, and then Not all a of clue. a sudden they can be thirty, and it clicks what that mm-hmm. message means. So, so anyway, so, fire um, engines are Russian. Yeah, so fire. I'm and I'm I'm doing I'm How killing, come, but they're red and chrome. They're not red and gold. Did I say gold? No, but the Russian flag is red and gold. I think this um, joke doesn't work. I think you need your dog to pee on That's you. That's probably why no one's need. telling this joke anymore. <laughs> anyway, go on. So I do this and I'm like, I'm killing because also this is the early 80s. This You're is killing this I'm room. Killing. Nice. <laughs> I feel like fucking Shecky Green. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excuse me. So. I do stand up. I get off stage. I'm like, people are like, wow, you were really good. That was your first time. Are you kidding? Oh, by the way, well, St. You, you, you have a polished act. Yeah. You're doing yeah I'm doing a polished act. act. And I wasn't even there, man. Which, I was having an out of body experience. By the way, like, I mean, this is how Jay Leno got the Tonight Show. Maybe. Or how Robin Williams got, you know, Mork and Mindy. Because 
they just did everybody else's act. So right. they always went up with a polished act. There you go. <laughs> so anyway. So I, I go and I do his act and people are like, that was your first time? Are you kidding me? That was your first time? Mm-hmm. And And I was like, I wasn't even there. Did I go over good? <laughs> you know, I have it on tape. I was <laughs> right. Like, That's unbelievable. Because I did get laughed. Matter of fact, at one point I said something and I said something and I screwed it up. It was like, I went, um, like there's a joke. Um, just any joke. I call my dog herpes. He won't heal either. Right. That's the joke. And I go, I call, um, I have a dog named herpes. And I went, I can't believe I just screwed that up. I, I was like, Oh my God. Okay. And I'm looking at the guy in the front row and I went, you're ruining this. And I went to the other side of the stage <laughs> and, and that came from watching my father. Uh-huh. Because that's what my father would have done. Right. And it was instinctive to me to just go to it. Right. You know? Right. Because I, 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 caught, I painted myself into a corner with, I, I have a dog named Herpes. Right. I, I'm looking at the guy and I went, fuck. And my face started turning red. And I went, oh my God, what the hell do I do now? And I went, ah, you're ruining this. And I went to the other side and they laughed and I bailed myself out. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, that takes eight months of relaxing on stage to be to for the normal person to to be able to come up with something totally yeah you know where i just it was like i, I was on autopilot mm-hmm. and then about 3 weeks later i tried my own my own material okay and i put it at the end i went i went this is the deal my i at the end of me getting all these laughs i was going to oh by the way he said 5 minutes uh-huh i kept walking off in 3 i was like i only had 3 minutes worth of material so eventually when I got five Your dad's minutes, act was only three minutes. Uh, the, how much I, I took and made my own was only three minutes. Oh, okay. You know, he, he had a partner and he sang songs and all this other stuff that I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Right. You know, and I'm trying to think of material. So my joke was, um, you know, uh, by the way, I was a young, I was 18 years old. So I was the youngest one in the room. I wasn't even mm-hmm. allowed to be in the room because a 21 year old. Right. Drinker. Right. So I said, I'm doing this. I said, my father is helping me out. My father was a comedian. And he's like, Tom, be clean. You should just be clean. Keep your material clean. If you funny's funny, you know, so just keep it clean. Mm-hmm. And people are starting to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Because the joke is, and all I wanted to say was, fuck you, dad, and walk off. Right. So they're all going, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yes. Oh, let's. He's such a wholesome young man. That's so good. And I'm like, so I said, fuck you, dad. All right, good night. <laughs> I just walk up dead silence. Like, this is uncomfortable, long fucking. Everybody's like, should we clap for him? He's an idiot. <laughs> we hate it. Because you didn't deliver it right. I didn't, didn't do anything right. I was so bad because it was my first joke. Check, yeah, you checked out. It's, yeah. By the way, it's what I would have done if my father wasn't a comedian and, say, and I decided I want to try stand up. I would go up and write a joke that just wouldn't wasn't going to work right you know so but that's the permission that you get from your i i think from somebody that you when you when you finally give it to yourself it could be a teacher it could be you go no i'm going to be like him i'm going to do like him you know absolutely um whatever and whatever your parents do uh if your dad was a comedian so i mean he told you to get on stage but uh, when you were like, I'm going to get on stage and perform uh, a banjo or whatever the fuck it was, he didn't laugh at you because right. he understood. But um, if you, I bet if you would have been like, 
I'm going to go to Walmart and get a job, it would have been like, <laughs> no, there's better things out there for you than that, son. Um, yet someone whose father works at Walmart would laugh at him for trying to get on stage. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, totally makes sense. And Which, by the way, he, then he said to me, he's in, um, if you want to be, as I was doing more and more stand-up, he said, if you want to get better at stand-up, you should do some improv. Learn improv. That'll mm-hmm. help you with your stand-up. So mm-hmm. I joined an improv class and an improv group and started playing all around town, Manhattan. The Groundlings East, which doesn't exist anymore, which really cracks me up because I, I tell people I used to be in the Groundlings in New York, and they're like, there was no Groundlings in New York. And I was like, yeah. Okay. They're like, see, you don't even know what you're talking about. There is no Groundlings. And I was like, before you were born, you fucking stupid. Anyway. Um, so I did, um, I mostly think that improv is stupid and is a, um, a lazy way of not preparing and we're just going to go out there and sort of riff it. No, but that's cause those are the people that you've seen. No, no, no. But the, this is my point is like, I used to watch who line, whose line is it anyway. And there was always like one or two of them. It didn't matter what the fuck they said. Right. They were just. There is people. something about they were just really I got you. funny people, and and when you're really funny, it, it whatever you do is right. improv. You're you're just always funny. But ninety percent of the people doing improv, they're just it's tough. Stupid. It's just, tough. And it's, dude, um, here's another thing. There's something about that TV and comedy across the board. I don't know what it is. All I know is my experience with going to watch my father having stand-up comedy in my life, all my life, and then other comedies, plays, TV shows, you know, um, studying Lucille Ball a lot more at eight years old than most people, you know. I cried when um, she died. Yeah. I, I was pretty happy. I, yeah. I was very Laughter's sad when, pretty, when pretty she died. Dude. Yeah. Um, but um, when you when you put it on TV today, with HGTV and making it intimate and all that stuff, there's still something missing, man. And I'm telling you, if you went to any of these places, the Groundlings, um, what's the one across from? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the, there's a um, OTB something. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. But you go and you see them. Yeah, I would say that that 90% of the people that you that bore you now would probably turn into 40%, and then 60 would be like, wow, that dude was good. I think it's good for comedians or actors in general to do the improv and to work on their stage presence, their persona, their uh, trip into fantasy land, all that sort of stuff, to let themselves, to make it okay for them to go. Um, Because, I mean, you walk into work today and 20 minutes later you're acting like, you know, a pig on fire. Um, You had no clue that you were going to be doing that. And it's okay that you do that. It's probably a lot easier to, you know, play Superman in a blockbuster movie because you were once a pig on fire on stage for, you know, $5 or something. Um, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that it's entertaining to me. Uh, no, you, right. You've gone to a lot of, you've been part of a lot of these playhouse theaters and you've gone to a lot of them where uh, people are working on their craft and exercising it out. I've gone to a few of them and pretty much hated every experience that yeah. I've ever gone to because I don't really want to see a scene from Goodwill Hunting reacted out between two people who don't. I have no idea who they are. I would rather just go home and watch Goodwill Hunting. 
So it's my personal feeling of like what entertainment is. If I'm going to go out to a comedy club, I am not going to chance it and go to improv. I would rather go someplace where a guy or a girl has worked on material and is going to present that material, has put an effort into it as opposed to, um, you know, I just I just got off of work at Pep Boys and I kind of rolled in here and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be well, a, that's big what on fire. a lot of people <laughs> a, a lot of people think stand up is and I think Carlos I just heard um, well the uh, best stand up feels like it was off the Carlos Salas Rocky said um, people who think um, stand up comics come up here and just if, asking a comic to come up here and just riff without having thought it through yet or without having worked it out is the same thing as asking a magician to come up here and do real magic. It's like, that's go, true. Although there it, are a few comics who like Dennis Miller or mm-hmm. even Patton Oswald They'll go, who can do, they write it. I don't, I mean, look, there's a fair amount of writing, but you watch Miller doing uh, live, you know, CNN commentary and there's off the cuff jokes it may I got you, but not any more than any ago, improv, right? not any more than any improv and not a full on improv set right now. Um, Paul. Again, we go Carenza. back to some people just no matter what the fuck they say is funny. Robin oh. Williams is a good example. I mean, he stole a bunch of people's material allegedly, but also whatever the fuck the guy says, you're listening and he's funny. So. There's also this perception. Yeah, but I mean, I've watched Robin Williams die. I've watched him not go over. You know, it's like he's he's. Don't get me wrong. He's the best of the best. I'm not. I'm not knocking him either. Right, right, right. But I'm. I mean, it is possible that Robin Williams, the king of comedy, can um, get up and and write a, a premise that doesn't work. Totally. Um, Paul Provence is doing a show on internet now. Set list, I think it's called. Okay. And he's got a screen like that, TV screen, and and they write. Flat. what they want you to okay. say uh-huh. and you go up you say hi how you doing you turn and look at the screen and it says um you know cheese puffs and you're supposed to off the top of your head talk about cheese puffs uh-huh. and i love that it's as dangerous as it is that's mm-hmm. where paul provenza actually quoted carlos ellis rocky um that magician thing that's where I, right. I just heard that but um it's not as polished. It's exactly what you said. It's like I'd rather go see somebody talk about something that's polished and get his real thoughts on it instead of somebody that's reaching for jokes because he's trying to stay alive on stage and he's trying to be funny. And everybody, how many times somebody has anybody ever introduced you as, oh, this guy's really funny, and now you feel fucking stupid because now you feel like you need to make him laugh at some point? Yeah, that's why I had built you up at the beginning of this podcast so high was I figured it would make you feel stupid. Exactly. Right. This concludes part one of the podcast. It's, with- <laughs> it's over. It's over. Um, we This podcast went on for almost three hours. so It's not my fault. I just had the one story that I already told everybody. So, and I just told it, told it again. That's all. So we have to end here and tune in next week for more on. We can't wait to find out what happens next week. You can't. It's the same bad time, same bad channel. So I'm Vince Roca. I'm Tom Mayers. So for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.